Hello and welcome to another episode of Badminton Science. Still your host, Robert Johnson. And in this week's episode, we will cover the topic of deload, uh, what that is, how you do it, when you should do it, and um, so forth. I actually recorded the Swedish episode last week and I uh, also recorded this episode um but I realized that it was not um it was not uh, uh enough quality for me to actually release uh, the English episode the Swedish was great I think of course I think it's great it's mine um but the English episode uh, it wasn't to the standard standard that I wanted to so I actually didn't upload it and then I haven't had uh, the time to to record um, other ones. So let's um, let's do it now. So um, but even before we get started with that, I can I can just I I just want to talk about the horrible timing of uh, of the of last week's episode or two weeks ago I think um, because I released the episode of uh, Anders Anderson is moving to Dubai and um, like after I uploaded the Swedish and the English episode I um, I ate lunch and I did something else and then I just scrolled to Instagram and I saw that the badminton experience had just uploaded a new episode uh, where Anders talked about exactly what I was speculating about. So, um, so that was kind of a bad timing, but um, yeah, it was interesting. So I, I can recommend you to to uh, look at that episode and uh, get the details from him instead of me just um, speculating. But I was I was fairly accurate, I would say, in my predictions and. Um, um, my thought process because there are things that he doesn't know either yet that he's trying to figure out because it's it's not easy to set up a a training center but um, yeah listen to the episode it's um, he, he goes through the whole thing and uh, I was kind of surprised that his new coach is going to be Joachim Pearson because I um well, I had kind of forgotten about him. I, I remember like watching some of his games and uh, and matches back in the day. But um, and even I even saw him on the uh, Andersonson's uh, vlog last year, two years ago maybe when they were in Dubai. So I think he lives in Dubai. But yeah, so that's you um, can Pearson. Pearson is his new coach. So that's exciting. I think it's. It's kind of good that it's a, a Danish player who, uh, who is his coach because the culture is the same and they have um, um, there's a different understanding of uh, like your comparison will understand more of what Anderson's previous practice has been like. So I think that's um, that's a good good thing. Um, so yeah, we'll just, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. I'm really excited for for the future of Anders. So um, 
so yeah, let's uh, let's go. But let's um, jump into the topic of of today, which is um, the deload week. So. Um, Oftentimes we just work out. We work out. We were we, we. I couldn't say that fast, but we, we just keep on working out, and uh, we stop seeing results, and uh, we then compensate by training harder and more and longer, and uh, kind of switching it up. But nothing happens, and that's usually a problem of. Uh, not uh, letting your body and mind rest enough. So if we take badminton as an example, because it's kind of unique. I don't know how how things are in other countries than Sweden, but I uh, think it's quite similar. Um, but if you're not at the top level uh, and like playing international, then we have basically the the season here in sweden is from september to june um, or may for some people it depends on on what the last tournament is but so basically around there so we have three months um of a summer break there are still some competitions i think but yeah they uh, kind of small and not a lot of people participate in them. So we have three months of uh, of preseason, but it's also important to remember that um, in the beginning of that period you should also rest because the long season has taken a toll on the body, so we need to rest and then get back to practice. But anyway, so so that's. Um, that's kind of a natural break. Uh, right after the last competition, you sort of just relax a bit. Um, and that's not a scientific way to, to deload, but that's how it is. And I think it's really good because we need to, to do that. But if you're at the top level, then you can play tournaments all year round. And the tournaments are all year round. So for instance, uh, say that you're a top player like Anderson access and or whatever uh, then you you have the world championships or the olympics in august all england in march you have a lot of um as the team events usually are on uh, in october i think Oct- yeah somewhere around that you have the world Tour finals uh, at the end of the year which just uh, was played and I actually got got the predictions right, um, saying that Axelsson was going to beat Ginting in the final. So that was uh, that was nice for me. Uh, and then you have all the other like ranking tournaments and the tournaments you need to play to to actually make a living because badminton is not a it's kind of not a professional. It's a semi-professional sport where you um, can make a some really good money at the top but uh, it's really hard if you're not the best player or one of the best players so um, 
So you need to play a lot of tournaments just to to uh, to be able to uh, to make a living. So that makes the badminton uh, tour really difficult for the players because there's always tournaments. But that's not kind of not the topic of today, since that's not like most of us are not at that level, so it's not relevant. But they have. Um, but what I was gonna say is that usually right after the Olympics or the World Championships or uh, sometimes All England as well, and all of those other big tournaments or uh, when there's been like two three competitions in a row, then they usually take time off. Some just go on a vacation and don't work out for a week and then go back uh, into the practice again. Uh, some just take a few days to relax and then um, just go back to work again or some decrease the volume and like they go on vacation but they stay active doing some jogging and maybe don't do anything with a racket but like some easy strength and conditioning and, um, and things like that. So that's, that's a deload. Um, but the important thing about the deload is that you don't stop completely. Uh, I understand that they might need it if they have done a preparation, uh, say for world championships in like they have had in Denmark. I don't remember if it's one or two months that they really, really increased the, the practice intensity before the big, um, uh, big tournaments, but um, then it's uh, you kind of need to just take some time off mentally and and physically as well, um, where you might be active, you know, running, jogging, whatever, but um, yeah, just doing what feels good for the body, um, because you kind of drained um, in all senses. But if we are gonna talk about um, the deload and for us who aren't at that level then uh, first and foremost deload is not necessary if you practice once or twice a week uh, or if you work out once or twice a week because then you have enough time to rest between the sessions that it's it's totally fine you don't need uh, to deload if if that's uh, your week if you train three four times with really really high intensity and a lot of volume then you might need to um, to deload and like if you have a lot of practice sessions in a week and so on then yeah you need to but what is a deload so uh, if we start with the purpose of a deload it's to get the body to recover um you uh, uh, you stress it during the training sessions and the competitions and uh, you know everyday life stress uh, paying bills uh, meeting friends like if that's stressful to you then uh, that's also a stress but um, um, a deload week is basically a planned break where you reduce volume basically for one for one week that's usually how you do it so say that you have a 12 week um, a 12 week program where you 
focus on speed or uh, explosiveness or endurance or whatever you you practice in those uh, in those 12 weeks then week 13 should be a deload week where you then reduce uh, the volume and there are lots of different ways to do that you can uh, stay at the same intensity but you uh, say that you do a two-hour session and that's your usual um, badminton session then the deload week might might be one hour but at the same intensity or if it's um, if you're going to the gym and you do let's just say that we have I do 20 sets of legs in a in a session then I might do 10 in the in the deload week but still keeping the intensity high which means that the weights are the same but I, I'm reducing the volume however there are some indications that even keeping the intensity is not what you want to do. Uh, in, in the gym it's quite kind of easy because then you just go, um, you look at your first week of the training program, uh, which say that you're strength based. Uh, so week one you do five sets of uh, five, um, five by five training squats at 100 kilos and then after 12 weeks you do say five sets of two at 140 kilos just making numbers up but then you should go back to week one volume which is then five by five at 100 kilos and um, keep that weight as 100 kilos but then like reducing the volume which then basically means in this instance, it's kind of hard, but say do a three by three or something like like that. Just go back to the volume of week one. In badminton, it's kind of hard because we don't we can't measure um, the volume in those exact terms. So here, it's important that you have a plan and that you know what you did uh, twelve weeks ago. So that might be that you're doing some max intensity um, footwork. And then just reducing the volume. And I think I don't actually know exactly how it works in, in badminton terms with the deload, um, because I think that you need to keep the intensity as high as you can. But just um, maybe just reducing the number of uh, um, footwork uh, drills and reducing the time that you do um, the movements. Uh, but just keeping the intensity really high. So, um, uh, yeah, or you can just reduce the the intensity, which then means that you have to kind of move very slowly on the court. And I don't think that's beneficial at all. And that's why I don't even bring it up because I don't think it's it's that relevant for for a badminton player. Um, but um, the importance of deloading is because as i've said in the in the introduction that when we just keep working out and we don't take breaks and we just keep going then we uh, we might come to a time where you just don't progress anymore um you might be stuck at a weight and you can't move past it or you 
or you might not be able to to play at a high intensity for longer periods of time or uh, maybe even start to get uh, more tired than previously uh, at the same intensity and um, that's indication of uh, that's a symptom of overtraining so and that sounds kind of serious but it's not because we need to practice we need to train harder than we actually can recover from but uh, in order to do that we need to have deload weeks we need to have plan these sessions and uh, training blocks that are too uh, strenuous for for our bodies to handle um, to then deload and recover and then improve from that however if you just do harder and harder sessions without deloading or without taking into account that you actually uh, train harder than you uh, can recover from then you will start um, evolving some overtraining symptoms um, you might even um, get some overtraining syndrome which is really really bad um, I'm currently overtrained. I like the overtraining syndrome. So I'm not able to basically do anything for my. Uh, um, I, I can't do any cardio. I can't run. I can't bike. I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't do it. Like strength training is, is working at the moment, but like this has been going on for three months and I'm still. Um, wait, this is four. Yeah, it's December. Yeah, so soon four months. And I'm still quite... Um, yeah, it's it's not good. I, I Let me just say that. It's not good. Um, but that's something that we can manage if we... Like, I did these mistakes that I'm talking about like oh yeah I'm not seeing progress I need to work out more uh, and I need to train harder that's what I did and that's why I became overtrained because I didn't take into consideration that uh, yeah maybe I'm not performing as well because I've, I'm training so much um, and then I actually and that's actually a problem like I'm not going to talk about sports psychology now but I will in the future um, but that's a problem with being mentally tough that you um, you kind of it's easy to to not uh, like when you don't accept excuses or um, not being weak so to speak then you are actually more prone to injury and uh, and problems because you don't listen to your body uh, basically so um, um, so it's, it's kind of a hard balance because you want to be mentally tough, you know, uh, not accepting, not doing your best and so on. But um, there comes a time where it, it's actually bad for you not to do that. So um, it's important just to, to figure out like, okay, in this training block, it could be six to eight weeks, it could be 12, it could be 16 weeks. But... Uh, you need to have a plan of what you're focusing on. What do you want to improve um, during these weeks? And um, 
then like how should I deload afterwards and then start a new training block and then deload so it's um, um, yeah it, it's hard but um, um, it's really important just to, just to schedule uh, a deload week and in some instances we don't need to uh, to deload um, for more than like twice a year year uh, depends on uh, as I've said previously like how hard are you practicing how many tournaments do you play what volume and intensity do you have um, how's the stress level are you really stressed out in general then you need to to recover and rest more than if you're like I don't know the English word but not carefree but you just don't feel stressed uh, about things then you can um, can kind of handle more load so to speak but I would really recommend like doing a, a a 12 week period where you have a tournament in in mind that okay so this is the most important tournament for me at this point uh, and then make sure that after that tournament you take a deload like i um i think that my after i competed back in the day it was quite a while ago mondays was kind of a <laughs> it was a unforced uh, no it was no it was a forced um deload because i i couldn't perform in practice like i i was so drained from the tournaments i i couldn't really perform um so yeah just like figure out uh, take a look at your tournament schedule and um make sure that you um yeah okay so actually i'm i'm gonna change my mind here so there are two things we can do i would actually recommend that your most important tournament comes after your deload week so let's say uh, 12 week 12 weeks of of hard training where you steadily progress from uh, yeah, let's just say we want to increase our speed and endurance, which is what every player wants to increase. But let's just say that that's our goal for the uh, coming 12 weeks. Then do that. Week 13, you deload. So keep the intensity quite high, but reduce the volume and the time that you spend working out. And then you, in week 14, on the weekend then you should have the tournament where you kind of steadily uh, go back to training again uh, at week 14 and then the weekend of week 14 will be uh, where you kind of peak because you have recovered, you have uh, gained the benefits from the hard 12 weeks of training and then your most important tournament comes afterwards. So that's what I would can recommend or that you, depending on on uh, how um, how everything's going but maybe just take a deal a week after your last tournament so that's um, it depends on, on your um, playing schedule and your uh, goals mm -hmm. and so on because if you have 
if if you if you're in a really intense period of of tournaments then you probably won't be able to to um, actually increase any uh, physical capabilities your your goal should be then to maintain not lose anything so just uh, doing uh, some high intensity training at the gym for instance just um, do one to three sets of of heavy uh, movement like if if it's strength based you don't want to lose uh, but just doing minimal um, volume in the gym high intensity trying to keep what you have uh, and then like say it's a 16 week period where you have a lot of tournaments uh, you focus on on getting rest when you can um, and not actually trying to improve any physical capabilities just maintaining focuses on on becoming a better player um, so um, uh, so then a deal week after the most intense tournaments so it, it depends it's it's really hard it's not easy i need to actually sit with a plan in front of me and uh and say that okay so this is when we deload and this is when we peak and this is um this is how we do um but um yeah i think that we might i don't think i have anything else to to say about about this but just remember to even if you're in a in a you you see the goal line of week twelve and week thirteen, you know you're just gonna be like uh, relaxing and not training as hard as you did and um and so on. But remember that you need to rest. Um, you can have some mini deloads uh, during the twelve weeks, uh, depending on your life situations. Which is yeah, some se- some sessions you just reduce the volume. Um, and call it a day uh, or something in those lines but just don't be totally burnt out when you get week uh, 13 Uh, manage your stress and your uh, physical stress as well so yeah focus on recovery but this was everything for me this uh, this week thank you so much for listening I hope you follow me on Instagram it's uh, I think you can just search for badminton science because the uh, podcast has a yeah, both the Swedish and the English version is um, on the same Instagram, which I haven't actually been active on. So take care and next week we'll talk about something else. You'll have to see. I will have to see. I don't know actually what I'm, I'm going to talk about. So um, yeah, interesting. Have a good week until next time.